I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Adner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny, Hot Toddy. Good to be with you again, friends, as we have a little roundtable discussion this evening, and we just kind of explore the the subgenre of the haunted house film. So we won't be dropping dates and details and stuff like that. We're just going to talk a little bit. You know, it's the spooky season. It's October. We're coming up on Halloween. Actually, when this airs, it will be the day after Halloween. Unless Professor airs it on Halloween. What do you think, Professor? Huh? Mm, huh? We can see. They'll <laughs> never know. Fun deep, deep in movies. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's a good time to talk about uh, haunted house movies. Because, you know, we've talked about before, like, we, we do watch a lot of movies in October. I mean, we watch a lot of horror movies year-round. But... We ramp it up in October, revisit old favorites, but I think there there is a leaning towards uh, some of the haunted house films sometimes, just because of the the whole haunted house feel of the month and everybody decorating and things like that. So, haunted house films. Who wants to go first? Drop a favorite. Thanks for house stopping on Haunted by. Hill. <laughs> okay, Vincent Price, House on Haunted Hill. That's Wait, the Vincent first Price one that comes that? to mind. I thought. Yep. Uh, no, I never saw the one with Vincent Price. <laughs> that's, that's a joke, ladies and gentlemen. That was a remake joke. Of course, I saw the one with Vincent Price. Ooh, you're about to catch hands. <laughs> okay, that's the end of part one. We're going to go watch some movies. We'll check back with you next month. <laughs> I thought this was a drama podcast. <laughs> no, that was so, yeah. good. It's got uh, the, the great hosting of him. Oh, yeah. I... I Vincent Price, in my opinion, you don't go wrong with Vincent Price. He is in some, some, not all of the movies may be great, but Vincent Price is always great. He always delivers. And House and Haunted Hill is a great, you can, you can watch it in color. I prefer to watch it in the original black and white. It's just got that era from what, the late 50s, early 60s? Just a good era for spooky movies and Vincent Price. And That's a good one. I love that one. I think we've done it on the show, haven't we? Uh, I don't know that we have. Hmm. If if you did, it was on one I wasn't on. I don't remember covering that. Well, that seems shameful. Yes. Yeah. Um, two stories that I think are massively important to this um, are Turn of the Screw from Henry James. Um, and you've also got Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House, both of which were put into two of the best all-time movies uh, in The Innocents, based on James's novel. And... Um, the Haunting from uh, 1963, I think. But those have also now been put into long form from Mike Flanagan, uh, which I haven't watched The Haunting of Bly Manor yet, but The Haunting of Hill House was magnificent. Um, and I think that those two really em- embody what is great about Haunted Horse, Haunted House, <laughs> Haunted House, sorry, I'm really <laughs> nervous, Haunted House stories, because um, I think what makes them good is that you kind of have the, the ability to tap into emotion um, with deeper stories without dragging the story down completely. You also have a lot of mystery that you put to it and kind of uncovering, which is the theme in so many of these stories and understanding what's going on and why there's usually a story on what, what's trying to be translated to the people inhabiting the house. Um, and then just obviously scares, but I think those two stories, uh, especially into those, earlier adaptations in the films um, are, are some of the best for this category. I want to say that I still feel that it is criminal that I have not yet watched the innocence. You have been recommending it to me for years and I feel like a jerk for still not having seen it. And I want to publicly apologize to you, professor uh, for that, for that transgression. <clears throat> well, I you know what? There's plenty of time. We'll get to it. Uh, one thing I did mention on social media when I revisited that one recently that I think is interesting and fun to share is when we watched Robert England, 
uh, at one of the conventions. I think it was the 10th, 10th anniversary uh, for Freddy versus Jason. He was asked what he thinks the scariest movie of all time is. And he said that he couldn't decide between Rosemary's Baby and The Innocents. So Rosemary's Baby is much more celebrated. It's criminal how good The Innocents is, but relatively unknown at this point. Even The Haunting is has carried much more of a legacy uh, but the innocence is top shelf. It's very, very good. Tom, Vinny, have you seen the innocence? I I have I not. We uh, were at a convention. I think that's maybe the first time it was put on my radar. Is we were at a convention and uh, the professor was mentioning it because I think we were meeting one of the actors, Martin Stevens. Yes, sounds um, like a mash pick in the future to me. So yes, uh, I've uh, actually wanted to watch it since he suggested it, but uh, it's not something just. Uh, uh, easy to find, apparently. So um, probably just pick it up. Uh, the Haunting, I have not watched. Uh, I plan on watching it for the show because I haven't watched it in the last couple of years. But I love The Haunting. Um, I loved it so much I stayed away from the TV show. But I finally watched it. And I, I love that the show is completely something different. Um, the show is really good. And I actually just watched The, the Haunting of uh, Bly Manor, um, which I was disappointed in at first. But then I realized it's it's not... It's not trying to be anything like the other season. It's uh, honestly, this one's more of a love story, um, and it has lesbians. So hey, I applaud that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't applaud that, but then away. Yeah, uh, I like the original haunting. Uh, the remake. Ew, mm. ew. <laughs> not uh, not the best, uh, but uh, yeah, haunting of Hill House. Did that have Liam Neeson's in it? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, there's no reason to sugarcoat it. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> now, I I'm not afraid of you, Grandpa. I do respect that there's a, a whole generation of people who are younger when that came out. Then that was a lot of fun for them. So, I mean, it at least reached an audience. It's not like completely worthless, but in terms of comparing to the original and the and the story that it came from, it is pretty abysmal. That guy should stick to making speed sequels. It's- it's really strange too because uh, the original haunting is just camera tricks. There's no special effects, mm-hmm. which I still try to figure out how they do some of the stuff. Uh, and it's effective and scary. And they're like, you know, the the original was just practical effects and uh, and some camera tricks. Let's uh, make everything CGI. Um, yeah, yeah, no, and that's a great contextual point to make too, Professor. In that, it's 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 cool if you're younger and you liked it because it's it's just. Not for people who like the original. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, we've gushed a lot about Haunting of Hill House, the Netflix series on here. It, it made me laugh. It made me cry. It scared me. It's it's just a great series. Yes. What's next? Who's got one? I've got one. Uh, revisited one last week. Um, it grows on me every time I watch it. I like The Innkeepers by Ty yes. West. Uh, that in House of the Devil, not a haunted house film, but both of those movies from him were really slow to grow on me. The first time I watched them, I was underwhelmed. And every time I've watched them since, they've just gotten, they've reeled me in even more. And so I just really like the innkeepers. Isn't that a hotel? Uh, yes. Wouldn't it be a haunted hotel? Uh, do you want to do a haunted hotel episode? <laughs> I thought that was Yeah, next. no, that, I, I agree. That one definitely grew on me. There's a, a lot more of a intellectual approach to the narrative that they do with that than is really on its face value. The first time you watch it, um, it's got some good scares too. Yeah. That, and I think what draws me in more now is that since I'm not waiting for the big reveal or what the ending is going to be is really that character development between uh, Pat Healy and the main girl. I can't remember her name, but like you, you know that work relationship. Like you watch them interact with each other and you're like, I've worked at a place where we were both stuck there, not happy with our lives and just doing whatever we could to kill the time. And, and now being invested in that character development, it makes the story that much better. Yeah, definitely. Vinny, have you seen that one? I have not. Todd. I have watched it, but it's been a while and I don't remember the ending or anything, but I remember liking it enough. That's fair. Um, I would watch it again, eventually. It's got fun cover art. It's not just faces of the actors on the cover. So, 
I'll say uh, during the time it came out, a lot of movies like that that uh, people would kind of gush about. That's one of the few that I actually um, agreed with. Uh, some of the other ones that they they would carry on about, I thought were doo doo, but I uh, enjoyed that one enough. Okay. Um, one for our generation, I think that we have to at least mention is Poltergeist. Um, if you watch that somewhere relatively close to when it came out, it's a it's an experience that stuck with you. Um, and I think wasn't it you, Grizz, that watched it later? in life and it i mean it didn't have the same effect for you but at at the same time i mean when that came out you've got the massive steve spielberg blending into the guy uh that did texas chainsaw and salem's lot and it's just a big movie and i think that it's important to mention too because it kind of really checks off every thing that we like these movies for because you've got the mysterious stuff around the house but more importantly and it, this is in a number of these, you bring in the group of paranormal researchers and we kind of try and ground what we're seeing by having them there. Um, and it's just got all kinds of fun, practical effects in it. But it, there's also, it still has that Amblin flavor to it. And so it's, it's not something that if you watch it for the first time in 2020, you should expect, you know, to have the, your wit scared out of you. But it is a very, very big entertaining movie well and i don't know if it was intentional by its design i'm i'm gonna say probably not but having carol ann be the central character to it i i feel like maybe that's where the amblin feeling comes from is because as a kid you automatically are kind of drawn to that movie because the protagonist is a child yeah and so i think it gives uh I, I think I was more aware of that movie as a kid because it had a kid in it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I watched it fairly young and I watched it again older. It still kind of works for me for a nostalgia reason. Um, Same. It, it, it's not, it's not Casablanca. I mean, it's not the best movie ever made, but I still think it holds some value to it. And I think that it also works in your favor. If you saw it when you're a kid and there was a kid to connect to, as well as then watching it as an adult and then identifying with the parents, especially if you have a child in those situations brings a different perspective to those movies as well. Definitely. Well, and I, something that I think that's impressive about it that people don't really kind of focus on is that it's just a normal runtime. It's not an exceptionally long movie, but yet they still manage to go through the experience of each family member in its own way. We don't just focus on, the little girl we also have all kinds of stuff with the brother really the only difference is that um we have the oldest sister gone for a portion of the movie because she's not at the house but besides that we we really go through it as parents the stuff with the brother is always what scared me the most as a kid with the tree and the clown some pretty gnarly stuff um you know it's interesting to bring up that uh I remember last time we talked. Yeah, we did, we covered the whole franchise one time, um, which would be that would be one worth revisiting um, with the Definitely. with the new hosts. Um, but we talked a lot the first time around about how there was there was always the rumor that it was like Spielberg had kind of like just kind of taken over and like Toby Hooper had only kind of directed it in name only. And uh, it we. As we were talking about before the show, I watched Into the Darkness, that new documentary, and it was really cool to have Toby Hooper's friends stand up for him in that documentary and say, look, everyone's always been cheeky about this and said that, you know, it wasn't Toby's film, it was Spielberg's film. And they're like, this is a Toby Hooper movie. Toby Hooper directed the shit out of this. And yes, yep. Spielberg has his fingerprints on it, but like, look at all the other things that Spielberg is a producer on. It has his fingerprints. Like we're not going to deny that, but this was a Toby Hooper movie. Well, Poltergeist actually right. came from the mind of Steven Spielberg. And the thing is, though, that how in the hell could Steven Spielberg direct Poltergeist? Because he's at the same time was doing ET, which is why he wasn't directing Poltergeist. So yeah, the fact I, that people was, uh, try to say that decent... he yeah, no, there was pretty decent pushback from that. Uh, actually, right before he died, I remember in particular, Caroline Williams being rather outspoken, standing up for him because 
it's it's quite obvious that both had their influence on the film but i don't think that movie would have had as scary of a flavor to it if spielberg were just directing it and yeah. kind of in, in secret so and not to mention you didn't need to get toby hooper if you were going to do it i mean you don't go after the guy that's already done these accomplishments unless you're going to let him do his thing to some extent so but anyways enough about poltergeist uh what what's another one we want to talk about so I was going to say, uh, when I think of Haunted House, I think of Poltergeist, but you beat me to the punch. I'm but sorry. The, the go-to for me is House on Haunted Hill, Poltergeist, and Amityville. Um, and I, those to me, when you say Haunted House, it's the first few things my uh, mind goes to. I don't know what more we can say about Amityville because we have a whole uh, show about that and the 30 sequels. But um, I don't know, just the, again, the idea of, um, I think knowing that Amityville was true. So to me, like seeing Poltergeist at a young age, uh, like to me, just the idea of that kind of stuff, I was like, oh, Amityville is true. So Poltergeist is true. And um, I don't know, um, a movie uh, that came out around the same period, but I'm going to be honest, it took me till early 90s to sit down and actually watch the whole movie is The Entity. Um, yeah. Because also sold as a true story. I remember uh, seeing um, maybe Barbara Hershey in the shower I just thought it was some Skinamax movie until a ghost starts raping her. And I instantly uh, hurried up and quick changed the channel. I found out what movie it was and I could never make it past a uh, opening scene or two. Um, Cause I'd always try watching it by myself. So uh, it that took movie, me a long time to watch that movie. That movie's scary. I've heard it's very intense. I've never seen it. I heard how they did some of the ghost stuff. Like with using yeah. like uh, air compressors and stuff like that, but yeah, for yeah, imprint. I've heard it's pretty. I mean, you know, we're talking rapey ghosts, man. Like that's not yeah. cool. Well, and the thing is, is when you hear that, it just sounds completely sleazy and schlocky. But the movie's done well. I mean, yeah. it's it's intense. Where it's weird because the sequels like put out as a comedy, which is Ghost Dad, but <laughs> <laughs> got him. <laughs> uh, Vinny, you got you want to throw one out? Well, how about the changeling? Mm-hmm. Let me start by the saying, Angelina Jolie one or the uh, <laughs> George C. Scott. <laughs> Let me start by saying, and I know I we just we covered it recently in a mash. Um, I I was completely wrong about the changeling. Like the first time I watched it, I was bored. I I didn't know what to expect. And then when we were covering it for a mash, I was like, you know how I am. I don't want to watch anything I don't want to watch. And so, like, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, God, I'm going to watch the changing. And then I watched it the second time. Hey, I was like, at least you honestly watched it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? like, I could have no-sold it. And I, I watched it and I was like, my God, this is a haunted house masterpiece, man. Like the, the, the story, the switch, man. It's a damn good movie. I watched it for the second time recently. The first time was when we did it for the show, and I recently watched it again. I I don't know why that was the one (laughs) of the night that I chose, uh, but it was available, and I gave it a second watch, and I actually did enjoy it a little bit more the second time. Um, Maybe because I understood what I was in for, and maybe the first time I didn't. You know what I mean? Sometimes that makes a difference, and I think it made a difference on that one. I will say that George C. Scott is good in it, but I think it almost sometimes I think it's detrimental to a movie when a an actor is so well known that it's hard to watch them as a character rather than watch them as them in a movie. And that, I think George C. Scott suffers from that. That and I think we talked about when we covered it, he feels a little out of place age wise. Like he feels too old yes. for that role. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Other yeah, than well, that, I enjoy that movie. It pairs nicely with Hardcore, another upbeat George C. Scott film. Um, <laughs> does he does he does he slap veterans in a VA hospital? Nobody hangs dong. <laughs> yeah. His, uh, yeah. his, yeah, his daughter ends um, up in the porn industry. It's a uh, brutal one. Of, it's Hardcore, the spinoff <laughs> of Cruising. <laughs> Signed me uh, Nervous laughter. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the Why are you wearing a yellow I mean, that's just one of the 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 best offerings you're going to have in here. 
that's not well known. Because I mean, most people have heard of Poltergeist, The Haunting, these films. But the challenge, the challenge, the Changeling. <laughs> I've drank too much caffeine today. Um, <laughs> it's it's really that good. It's it's a patient film, and uh, as evidenced on here, sometimes it takes a couple viewings. But it really, really is good. One I want to uh, mention is Stir of Echoes. Um, I just think that it's so damn good. Um, it's aging quite well. I just watched it again for this Halloween season. Um, and again, just like the last couple we've mentioned, it's got all of the great things for a haunted house movie. Um, it's got heavy emotional backstory and things that we learn. We also care about the characters as they go through it. It's got the scares, it's got the mystery and solving what's going on there. But it also has, uh, in, in regards to scares, some very memorable jump scares, but Something, too, I want to point out, and it has this in that, is cold spots, uh, which we frequently have in these movies, along with uh, knocking, creaking in the house. And I think that's what makes them so relatable. And I wanted to make sure I mentioned that because I think that's why people enjoy them so much, because it's much easier to scare the shit out of yourself with these movies than a werewolf movie. Like, when I get done with that, I don't think if I hear an animal outside that a werewolf's getting ready to come in and rip me apart. But if I watch a haunted house movie and walk through maybe a little cold patch or hear something knocking in a pipe, that maybe gets in me a little bit more. You know what affects me the same way? Uh, watching alien UFO shit. Like documentaries. That will affect me the same way as like supernatural shit. Where you, you turn out the lights and even though you're a grown ass man, you're kind of like, <laughs> all right, how fast can I get to my bedroom? <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, Stir of Echoes was completely buried by the Sixth Sense uh, in its success, but I think that it's continued to carry its own audience uh, based on Richard Matheson's writing. What did you guys think of that one? Well, I'm glad you pair it side by side with Sixth Sense, in that while I, I think Sixth Sense is a phenomenal film, Stir of Echoes has much more rewatchability because Sixth Sense, once that huge twist has been delivered, um, I'm not saying it's not necessary because it's still a decent film to watch and, and respect, but like uh, Stir of Echoes, I think kind of on an emotional level, even more, I think as we age, it has aged well because we started identifying with different characters. In the beginning, we identified with the teenagers because it came out when we were teenagers, but now right. like, as we get older and we got solid groups of friends and we live in neighborhoods and interconnectedness and people we depend on and it's like, man, could there be somebody fucked up like that in my group of friends? <laughs> you know, like yeah. I think there are different aspects of it. And I think that's why it's aged well for us. I agree. <laughs> like, like good Vinny wall, good Vinny wall, a girl up in a, in a man in building. I don't know. Maybe. I haven't, I have not seen stir of echoes in a very long time. My memory is very foggy on it, but with you mentioning the sixth sense and how that was the bigger hit. And once you know the twist, it's like when you know the punchline to a joke that it's not that it's not well-made, but once you know the punchline, it, it it does lose quite a bit of the rewatchability, in my opinion. Yeah. I was never a fan of The Sixth Sense because somebody told me the ending before I ever saw it. Ah, yeah. So I, I didn't like that her. person out of your life. Um, she's dead now. So, oh, Whoa. yeah. Hey, was wasn't that? me. Thank you for <laughs> clarifying. <laughs> I just spoiled that movies for uh, every time she would mention she wanted to see something. Um. <laughs> But I don't know. I feel like there's always a movie that that's kind of rare for Hollywood. It doesn't doesn't come around. When it does, there's always an asshole that makes another movie on top of it. So like uh, like uh, Armageddon and Deep Impact and uh, uh, Braveheart and First Night. And so Stir of Echoes and Sixth Sense were really close together. I thought Stir of Echoes was the better movie. Um, I saw it in the theater, and I'll say Stir of Echoes was one of those when I got home. It kind of stuck with me a little bit. So. Uh, like kind of like Benny said earlier, you kind of like flip some lights on and um, yeah, and you're like sitting on the couch watching <laughs> TV and you kind of look over to your to your side there just to make sure. Yeah. Well, then these uh, these movies are always made better if you have a pet. So uh, currently, my cat's doing the weird. Uh, just uh, I'll, I'll look over and he's just staring up at the ceiling like uh, <laughs> like a little startled. So uh, that always adds to uh, the flavor of these as well. <laughs> Well, while we're on the subject of being scared grown ass men, um, I got to tell you, when I were when I watched the first Conjuring for the first time, Home Alone in the Dark, 
<laughs> uh, ooh, cool, cool, cool. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. <laughs> Conjuring there movies was, are great. There was movies. a point, uh, I think, I think when the hands come out and clap right mm-hmm. next to her head, I was like, pause, stand up, turn some lights <laughs> on, stretch, <laughs> pour a drink, you know, like... Ooh, I'm good. I got this. I got this. I'm a grown uh, man. There's nothing to be scared of. <laughs> yeah. let, let me grab his crucifix. Yeah, I wish yeah, James, would. <laughs> James Wan really tapped into something um, in this category we're talking about. Because obviously we covered Insidious Films, which is kind of its own brand of Haunted House because it's not really the house. Uh, but The Conjuring, I can remember watching that in the theater. And even when the credits burst with those big yellow letters and striking score and i thought yeah i'm like holy shit we're getting a taste of what it used to be like because this is big but it's not stupid this is going to be serious they're really trying to make a big scary movie and i thought it lived up to it Um, it was delivered yeah it's it's so good that's what definitely one we had to mention yeah so we don't need to go at length. I mean, everybody's seen The Conjuring, but like, yeah, scared grown ass man. That was me first time I watched it, and it holds up. I just we just watched it again a few weeks ago. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought it was the best until the nun came out. <laughs> That's a joke. Okay. Yeah, The Conjuring. Conjuring so, uh, is uh, excellent. in line with the uh, with the Warrens. Um, another case that is part of theirs is The Haunting of Connecticut. Um, I think that movie might have been PG-13, but I thought it was, uh, wasn't, it wasn't really scary, but it had its moments, and um, it had a really cool setup, I thought, and the fact that the kid was already kind of, like, sick and dying of cancer, uh, and that they find out their house used to be, like, a, like a I think it was, like, a funeral home. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a lot of creepy moments in that one, um, and it was before The Conjuring, so it wasn't sold as, like, a big Warren's case file or anything, but... Um, I oh, know, and then the the sequel, which is weird because it's the the, the hunting in Connecticut too, but it's a uh, Ghosts of Georgia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, um, makes me laugh. Uh, I'm sure Professor will remember me saying this, but at least Professor and Vinny will get the reference. Uh, after I watched Haunting in Connecticut when it came out, uh, Professor was like, "Well, what'd you think?" I was like, "You know." It's kind of the Utah jazz of, of Haunted House movies. <laughs> like, like, it got the job done, but there was no flash to it. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. like, like it wasn't bad. You know, Utah jazz won 112 NBA championships, but you were not entertained watching it. <laughs> yeah, like John Stockton had awesome layups. They counted. Todd <laughs> so, just fell asleep. <laughs> So, I, I've only seen it once. I thought it was I thought it was good enough. Um, but yeah, I'm glad Todd brought up the sequel, <laughs> Haunting in Connecticut Two: Ghosts of Georgia. I just want to say it as many times as possible. But it's not bad either. Um, it's uh, a lot of people. A lot of people say they like it better than the first one. Um, I just watched it for the first time within the last year or so, and, and I thought it was entertaining enough. Did you say Georgia? Yeah, you didn't hear that earlier. It's, no, evidently I need to <laughs> need to watch that one. Man, it's literally l- l- all right. Listen, I'm gonna lay it out for you again. It's called Haunting in Connecticut Two. Right, Ghosts <laughs> of Georgia. It. <laughs> this, uh, what is it? What the hell is this? A Civil War horror movie? <laughs> so it's literally like you know how we always joke <laughs> that there's a film sitting on a shelf, and then there's a studio with a franchise. And they're like, all right, we, we got to keep the title Haunting in Connecticut. Let's put this film on there. Well, that, that also, the Warrens were also involved with that case, but I, I the, the title's stupid. Yeah, so it doesn't even take place in Connecticut. It has nothing to do with Connecticut. I liked Haunting in Connecticut, yeah, right. too. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I picture these executives talking exactly like the dirty movie and dirty work. They're like, look, there's a script over there. Yeah. We better call it Haunting in Connecticut too. Ghosts of Georgia. <laughs> there might be spirits here because they smell bad eggs. <laughs> this room suddenly smells of sulfur. And it's cold. <laughs> if I give you a dollar, you turn some heat on. <laughs> <laughs> Vinny, take us away. Pick another one for us here. 
well, we've we're getting into a lot of stuff, in my opinion, that we've already covered is what sure. comes to my mind. But burnt offerings. Yeah, the interesting thing with this one, and I know when we covered it, is that this seems to be really influential on a whole generation that I think didn't really fully land with any of us, did it, when we covered it? Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's it's important to mention for, for the subgenre, but um I, I'm always bewildered by the praise that it gets from people just a little bit older than us. Yeah, another one where the main actor fame overshadows any character they're trying to play. Right. It's just yeah, it's just a vehicle. Well, yeah, if your stardom is distracting from Karen Black's weirdness, you're too big of a star to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> because so, you could uh, write a whole movie on her. So kind of a new, uh, not real new, but a, a newer movie, and I don't think we've covered, is Crimson Peak. Ah, yeah. I was literally about to say that. In your face. <laughs> Jam. <laughs> since since uh, Professor over here Watches Poltergeist. <laughs> uh, way I early. Crimson, I thought Crimson Peak was uh, <laughs> got him. Uh, I uh, I thought Crimson Peak was good enough. Um, it's not something like we saw it in the theater, and it's not something that like we have rushed out to buy. We still don't own it, but we thought about it the other day, and we we're like, you know, I'd like to watch Crimson Peak again. So it's uh, it's got a lot of merit to it. I, I love it's a beautiful film. And it looks big. great visually. Yeah, yes, it's just it, it's the CG. I hate to talk like that because I know it's kind of an exhausted gripe, but it's the truth. Yeah. If, and this is Del Toro is such a student of horror that I'm always surprised when he doesn't go heavier on practical. Um, I think that if he would have kind of toned down some of that. That this would have been an instant classic because it's got a lot of greatness in it. And you've even got, I mean, Doug Jones is back doing some of the practical in it. Like he's always been really weird about that, like doing phenomenal practical stuff and then throwing in some strange CG. And right. like, why did you do that? And he was like, it is very good. I put this in film. It is good. Right. <laughs> and I, I think that came out like in the height of the push in 3D films. So I don't know if maybe yeah. that played a part of it, but that's true. <clears throat> yeah, I'd have to agree. Like, I think some of the CGI takes you out a little bit, but the story's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but Del Toro, I think, produced the Orphanage. Did you guys ever watch yes. that? Yes, I love yeah. the Orphanage. That's creepy as f. I think he- that was maybe the first Blu-ray I bought. Like when I had just gotten a player, and I just was like, "What the hell is this? I'll check it out." That's a good one. I was actually on my list to mention. Um, foreign. So it, it's not going to be, you know, the same thing for listeners who may be like Crimson Peak and were to check that out. But uh, it is it's really creepy. It has a very memorable scene of uh, kind of playing a I don't know what the game is. It's kind of like uh, a version of Red Light, Green Light, where the woman's got her back to the, the children. And man, it's it's got some pretty genuine scares. And again, like I've been harping on, it's got a lot of emotion to its story. As does another one he that Del Toro did called The Devil's Backbone, which is a really, really excellent ghost story. I still, uh, I actually have the VHS screener from that and still have yet to watch it. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't doing American films yet, so it's not, it wasn't as big a deal here, but I think people are kind of retroactively checking it out now that he's more of a household name. It's, it's really good. Did he... Was he like the producer or executive producer on Mama? He didn't direct I Mama. So. I don't think he directed no, it. I, think he just I don't think he producer. directed it. Yeah. There's another one. I mean, it's ghostly. It's not like a haunted house, but it's another ghosty one that's a lot of fun. Again, that jumps the shark from good practical stuff to weird CG. Which is weird because mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the ghost stuff is actually a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. Um Unbelie- unbelievably so. Like, you watch it and you're like, that's not a person in a costume. And yeah. I need to try to break it out by this week because I always try to watch it for Halloween time. Um, is Lady in White. Um, definitely a cool... Uh, uh, almost like a St- Stephen King movie that's not a Stephen King movie because it's got the, the narrative of like the 
you know, the person like narrating the story and it's set back in like the fifties or sixties. And mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. It's always a, a favorite. Yeah. I randomly posted that I was watching that on Facebook like three or four years ago and the director requested me on there. It was <laughs> so random. Nice. Uh, professor, have you ever seen a dream walking? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I no, saw that one. Uh, I know that's a seasonal favorite of professors, and I watched it uh, one year. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It, you, I never thought about it, kind of having a Stephen King feel, but it does a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. To, a little bit. A little bit. You do rip on that title. One that I want to mention is the Woman in Black, but the original uh, British TV movie, scary as shit. Um, I don't know how easy it is to see here, uh, but they, I mean, they remade it with Daniel Radcliffe, which was fine. It was entertaining and I liked it, but the original TV movie, I think it's from 1989 is really, really good. And they have a, the, well, BBC has a long history with really good ghost and haunted stuff. They did, I think one called like ghost watch, which was a fake like ghost hunting show that scared the shit out of people because they thought it was real. And that was really pretty ahead of its time. But yeah, The Woman in Black, I would recommend, especially if, if you enjoyed the American remake, seeking that out. I have I have seen that on um, quite a few of the, the, the bootleg tables at conventions. Because I, I think every time, I don't know if I picked it up or not, because um, uh, it definitely stands out. So if we uh, ever have a COVID-free world again where we can go to conventions, you know, might pick that up. What yes. do you mean COVID-free? Next weekend's Days of the Dead in Indianapolis. <laughs> Cancel pandemic. It's canceled. Is it really? Yeah, that shocked me. We'll talk later. Uh, yeah. So that lady in black, that American one, it's okay. It's she's a woman. Woman in black. Woman in black. (laughs) She's a lady. I don't know. I thought Woman in Black was actually kind of. uh, And the show. Sorry. Over. <laughs> yeah. Please don't delete us. I thought the first one was uh, pretty scary. The sequel um, had its moments. Never saw the sequel. That either. Did that? Did that have any big stars in it, or was it more just kind of a cash in? I don't remember there being big, like I think there's a few like names, but I mean, I don't know. It's weird. I think they should have had Dana Ratcliffe in it to, personally, but. <laughs> Okay. So, show over. What just happened? <laughs> um, I just want to briefly revisit uh, when we were talking about James Wan. We brought up Insidious. While Insidious, Oogie Spoogie, not necessarily Haunted House because it follows them. I think it's definitely worth mentioning just because it's a it's a great series. Um, it's sold as a Haunted House though because that's isn't that the twist is it's not the house. What yeah. a twist! Yeah, I think it's still falls into the category because the whole movie is is ran like that so yeah yeah and so like man i mean just as a series it's in just in case the listeners haven't heard our insidious episode i think the general endorsement is that like one is a good movie two is a great movie three kind of like drops off but then surprisingly four comes back and is easily as good as any any part of the franchise, which is not yeah. a common uh, <laughs> scenario for movies with sequels. To say that the fourth film is the contender for the best film in the franchise is is not something you commonly hear. Well, it's unheard of, for except for made in the last, Elm Street. Yeah, especially for things made in the last twenty years. Okay, I mean, yeah. we're Citizen we're not control. <laughs> oh boy! Um, <laughs> but finish your point, ooh, Professor. Don't, don't let Toddy step on you. No, uh, I was just trying to think of some that were kind of outside of the box that still fit into what we're talking about. Um, we already covered Lake Mungo, which ha- certainly has lots of the elements, but it's it's a much different kind of film. So it's still the same things we're tackling with haunted house movies, but from a completely different angle. Another one that I don't think we would really think of when discussing this, but I love it, is Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um with so many elements within the home. Um, and then another one that we've covered on the show is 13 ghosts, the original, uh, which has so many wonderful gimmicks from William castle that play on haunted houses. Can I interject for a moment on Beetlejuice and say, everyone 
of our generation watched that as kids. Everyone. Yes. Yeah. And it has the F word in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like nice why did, why yeah, why did Tim Burton think with the whole movie and the whole tone be like, I'm gonna have him say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like let's you can, that right. one in. You can say fuck once to be PG thirteen. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I think my dad just threw in the towel on that because I love the movie so much. <laughs> I uh, I want to circle back around to 13 Ghosts and say not only the original, but that remake gets some positive traction with a lot of people. Yeah. It's fun. They got a, a screen release, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah they did like a the collector's ghost. edition on it. Um, <laughs> even, if, even if you don't really like the performances or the setting that they put it in, the ghosts look gnarly in the remake. Oh, yeah. Um, they really, really went to great lengths to to make all of them look pretty good. And I think they do. I just rewatched that within the last month. Yeah, I, I rewatched it uh, recently. I, I would say something. I was never a huge fan when it came out. I like it better each time I watch it, though. Um, I think I, the first time I just couldn't get around the babysitter because I wanted her to die. But um, it would definitely make of all the uh, um, kind of like older movies are picking up now to make it into series. That would be a cool one to do like each ghost or something kind of like the shining. I think the shining would be really cool to have all the, all the different people that's died in the hotel and stuff. Like everybody have their own story. Um, but who knows? They'll probably just make a, a third one. Um, and then psychic wizards could hunt them down. Yeah. Um, one that, uh, I, it was popular enough at the time. I think it made a lot of money and then no one ever talks about it is, uh, what lies beneath. Ooh. I remember seeing it in the theater. I don't remember much about it. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it. It's Harrison Ford and, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if uh, it definitely was popular enough for Scary Movie Two to do, uh, where uh, Tim Tim Curry is making out with the girl, and then it's uh, it's uh, Sean Wayans in a dress. <laughs> Did you know that Michelle Pfeiffer was the sister of Paul Pfeiffer from The Wonder Years? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> You're welcome. As my, as my yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about, no, uh, I, I remember enjoying that when it came out, and then it just fell off the face yeah. of the earth. I never hear people talk about it. and I hear a lot of people, when they do, kind of be tough on it. I don't know if it's because it was mainstream or what, but I remember it being okay. I just haven't seen it in many, many years. That was enjoyable and it was a good mystery. And then it even has a like down to the ending where you can see the face in the snow. And so kind of like a little bit of a Hitchcock without ripping him off completely. Yeah. Another one that we have covered recently that falls in is the others. Yeah. Glad to have my DVD back. (laughs) (laughs) Which again uh, held up better than I thought it would, but that's another one where it's once you know the punchline to the joke, it does. It's not as fun to rewatch. I'll, I think I said on the episode we watched it, it. It was a decent rewatch for me because I, uh, as a teenager, hated it so much when it came out because Professor held a gun to us and made us watch it uh, instead of American Pie Two. <laughs> Glad to see your tastes have improved. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, you know, all grown up, really enjoyed the others and uh, and formally apologized on that show to Professor. And returned his DVD live uh, after having it for 12 years. And uh, yes, uh, yeah, so it was nice. To, to know the punchline, but actually let myself enjoy the movie and let them reveal it to me all over again. And you know what? All of the anguish you gave me over the years was worth it because it helps my street cred with the podcast. They're like, oh, <laughs> this guy wanted to go watch the others instead of American Pie 2. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me bring up a newer one here that we haven't covered. Maybe we will cover. I don't care if we ever do cover. But uh, there's a newer film called Demon House. And Demon House was supposedly a documentary, supposedly a docudrama, supposedly a mockumentary. Is it found footage? Yes. 
You will be Shocker. watching it soon. Um, look out for this one. <laughs> it's got. Uh, it's supposedly a true story. Uh, Zach, I Bag- thought he just slit your throat, boy. Zach Baggins of Ghost Encounters, who I like to call Zach, and Lord of the Rings, <laughs> who I like to call Zach Douchebaggins. Um, <laughs> it, he he claims that he was called to. <laughs> Is that to do with the six-inch spiked hair? Yes. Okay, got He's awful. He's god-awful. Um, they're the ones that go to the ghost places, and they're like, come out and fight me, ghost! Yeah. <laughs> they put on, like, headstrong by trap and start swinging. Yes, exactly. They, they slay on, like, three bang energy drinks and then go <laughs> yell at the ghosts. <laughs> While they wear tap-out shirts and afflicts and jeans. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, so so anyways, he claims that he got these calls to come investigate this house in Gary, Indiana. Oh yeah, and and was it, it was the Jackson house. So yeah, right. <laughs> this ghost <laughs> kept hitting him with a bell. Um, <laughs> the ghost. You turn when Tito turns. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, like, the family gets so scared that they move out, and he's so intrigued by the house that he buys it. And this is all. Like he claims this is all true. Like that's all like public record. That why he would he, the house. Why would he lie? Right, well, because he's a douchebag. And so, anyways, he continues to investigate the house. It turns out to be like demonic possession. People are like, "This is the scariest movie I've ever seen." And I watched it, and I was like, "No, that's a no for me, dog." And you guys, <laughs> you guys, you, this is found footage. You know, this should be my jam, but it's a no for me. <laughs> Anybody else seen it? No. I found the one. Nope. Okay. So, Demon House. Don't watch it. <laughs> or watch it and tell me I'm wrong. So, uh, Ooh, cool story, bro. I'll say, uh, <laughs> then I found $5. <laughs> <laughs> one that, uh, sounds a little similar that, uh, I was working at Hastings at the time. And, um, it's probably a movie I would have never watched. And somebody <laughs> recommended it. And I was like, Whatever, I need to watch something, so I rented it. it Grave Encounters. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. a fun one. That was actually yeah, it was scary. Uh, it was done well. It's in your reign of found footage shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you scared? I thought I was gonna get the backhand. I thought you were gonna touch your nips. <laughs> I've got Todd hand shy over here these days. We're off the rails. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, there's a sequel. I've not watched the sequel, but I enjoyed the first one. I I would co-sign. Yeah, I think, no, I'd forgotten all about that. Haunted house stuff as well has also lent itself to every like short movies like the Three Stooges, <laughs> cartoons of all varieties, television series. Uh, I think one to mention is American Horror Story, the first season, The Murder House. Murder House. I watched when it first came out, and I remember enjoying it and being just mind fucked by it by the end <laughs> and i remember the last episode being like boy how are they gonna have a season two they really painted themselves into a corner here not <laughs> realizing that it was gonna be you know something different every time uh hotel is another season uh that dealt with a lot of hauntings in it i was not as fond of that one as i was murder house uh but i think they are certainly worth mentioning Roanoke is a good season that deals with haunted house, and okay. uh, they do it pretty well. They they do some unique things with that season that they hadn't tried before. They don't cut off the lobster man's hands and then give him wooden lobster man hands, and then make him finger blast all the chicks. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. Not this one. Hmm. Shame. <laughs> uh, the old all the high spots. <laughs> So uh, you're kind of mentioning uh, Lynn's stuff out. Um, it just made me think of the Lonesome Ghost cartoon with uh, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, where they go to investigate the uh, the haunted house. Oh, uh, yeah. There was a lot of involvement with haunted houses and old cartoons. Uh, a famous uh, 1990s classic haunted house movie that I think every horror fan enjoyed was uh, Casper. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> I shouldn't have been crying as a kid, though. 
<laughs> well, you know, when, when you go beyond animation and you start exploring the story of a kid who's dead, yeah, <laughs> things are things are bound to get a little little emotional. And he's talking yeah. to a grieving little girl whose mom is dead. Yeah, yeah, boy, uh, heavy yeah, content, heavy, heavy subject same, matter. But uh, the same producers but, that brought you my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I should keep my comment of Devin Sawa to myself. It was Casper. Because I was uh, trying to be made like a pervert. And in truth, Devin Sawa is three weeks older than I am. So I just want to put that out there. (laughs) He's that old? Yeah. Uh, I tell you, one of the better haunted house movies of the last 20 years, uh, really scary, uh, was Disney's Haunted Mansion. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say Badia's Halloween. (laughs) Boo. Boo and Boo too. How were those? (laughs) Not great. Don't worry, guys. If your lists are running out, I've got 116 more <laughs> movies to discuss. So, no, just kidding. I, I was uh, trying to save a few good ones. So, before you take my another one of mine, the, <laughs> the legend is shit. it the legend or huh? Now I'm confused because I had this whole oh, way to go. So you yeah, he's to just making it. shit up. The legend of <laughs> Hell House. Yes, that's also Richard Matheson from 1973. Good times. Well, well, that Look was Mr. Good. Facts. Good times. He was uh he was also in that those eight monkey movies that Vinny likes so much. <laughs> Why is he uh, he's grasping the straws to attack anybody. Oh, now. I get it. I get it. Y'all don't like good movies. Okay. <laughs> um uh, three I want to mention real quick, all from different countries. We don't have to go into them, but ones I would recommend for very different reasons. Uh how zoo from the seventies is insane and uh really jumps into a lot of it's like a psychedelic haunted house movie from Japan. Is that, uh, the, is that a prequel to We Bought a Zoo? I quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of Matt Damon's better offerings. Uh, the Irish film, The Canal, is excellent. And then one that really, I think, made a, a bigger splash with America was Juon, The Grudge, um, yep. which is excellent. The original is, is really, really good. I, uh, I agree. I think we kind of touched on that when we did the Ring series. That how uh, some of Japanese haunted house movies, which is it, like uh, a, a lot of the haunted house stuff, it's like you can go in and get the fuck out. But like a lot of the Japanese legends, is you go in and it's so bad that what happened actually you take a piece out with you, and so it's going to haunt you when you go home. So yeah, so yeah, play those things. That's what's interesting about the Japanese. It's like a uh, Japanese ghost stories is like like kind of like herpes. <laughs> that and they're always so angry. Like Japanese is like the Japanese ghosts are pissed at you. Um, oh yeah. What's that one? I watched a decent one. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna blather on like an idiot. There was one Josh Jackson in it. Shutter. Yeah, Shutter. That one was okay. I haven't seen that one. Thanks for I, with, a with, a, with a rave review like that, I'm sure to seek it out. It was okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was pretty no, okay. To further, <laughs> to further illustrate your point, even their prank shows where they do ghosts are brutal. God. Dude, they'll have people fall out of the top of a shower on somebody. I'm just like, this maybe is going past just funny. <laughs> they have the one in the parking garage, and I'm like, I'm surprised the lady didn't run somebody over. And I don't know. They never show. I'm pretty sure they don't ever say that it's a prank. So. Yeah. Uh, just because someone is going to listen to the episode and go, huh, well, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to, we've got to mention The Shining. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's a haunted house movie. Yeah. You know what? Let's let's just talk about Room Tour Thirty Seven all over again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Minotaurs forever, boy. Minotaurs. Yeah. No, I I it really does a ton of stuff with that, but I I wasn't going to mention it because I figured everyone, you'd just expect me to, but <laughs> it also plays around with possession and yeah. so it's not as straightforward it's right. more of a kind of an abstract approach but yeah i mean i think many would consider that one of the better haunted house movies of all time yeah uh, what i'm surprised that the grizz hasn't mentioned yet is the skeleton key 
Ooh, boy. I cut oh we are ooh, we are saving that for a mash, boy. I think that one just doesn't I don't which it totally fits in. I just don't think that always is a haunted house movie, but yeah. I think sorry I didn't even think of that one. Big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Not even found footage. Big fan. Uh. <laughs> there's a there's like an early uh nineties, I think Fox put it out. Uh, it's also Warren's case called The Haunted, and I've seen it on some of the bootleg tables. Uh, what stands out the most, again, is because uh, all the Warrens is no matter what, true. Uh, which beg, beg your pardon? True. <laughs> Air quotes. <laughs> true. I still believe most of it, except for maybe the Wolf. Who's in that one? Uh, I don't think there's anybody famous because it was made for TV. I was what stands out the most, I remember, I, I remember, it's like a duplex or something that's haunted. But uh, what stood out the most is that a guy is raped by a ghost. <laughs> this is 1990, which I was like, can that happen? I went to school with that guy. So, uh, yeah. yeah, there's like a... I used to do the same thing. Shout out to Joe <laughs> Barker, true... who was true... the one that got it. True story. <laughs> Did he get raped by, raped by a ghost? No, he told... He said one of our friends did. Our friends snapped on him and attacked him. <laughs> I thought maybe uh, a succubus got a hold of Joe. Oh, plenty of those have gotten a hold of Joe. <laughs> succubus. <laughs> So uh, yeah, that's uh, what stood out the most is some old like uh, old succubus lady uh, raping the husband. Whoa! So good times. One Fox, for the whole uh, family. Fox is of course known for their their high end stuff. So <laughs> Fox says when they go high, we go low. <laughs> uh, one I want to make sure I mention before we're done is the uninvited. It was Ooh. well before the two I mentioned at the, at the beginning of the show. Uh, it's with Ray Milan in the late 40s, and it has a lot of elements that would go on to be used in ghost stories and haunted house movies permanently. Uh, there's some really cool effects for it. It's not considered uh, particularly a scary movie. It's, it's, movie. it's got a lot of playfulness to it, but it's still a, a serious haunted slash ghost movie. Uh, and one that I think, you know, at least needs to be mentioned just because it was before everything else we're talking about and based on the Alanis Morissette song <laughs> I hate you <laughs> no that's the name of it um, <clears throat> yeah no I, I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that one have you guys anybody else watched that one I um no. I picked that up on VHS back in the day because uh AMC when AMC first came out they played nothing but black and white movies um, yeah and ha- Halloween time they'd play stuff like that and there's one that I thought that was the uninvited, so that's why I picked it up. Uh, about a husband, and he is trying to have a seance to bring back his dead wife, which I think is actually the bliss spirit, but I thought it was the uninvited, so I ended up picking that movie up, and I actually really enjoyed that movie. Uh, it's really moody, and um, it didn't really scare me, but it's, it's definitely uh, worth checking out if you like uh, classic movies. Yeah. Um, which is also kind of why uh, I always had on my list... Um, and we just uh, covered it as, uh, Jesus, the, what's the old dark house? Uh, yeah, right. I think it's always a little disappointing because I was always sold as it's a haunted house movie, which yeah. uh, definitely a lot of the haunted house movies take from that movie. Um, but yeah. Oh, you were Uninvited, disappointed in Charles Lawton and Boris yeah. Karloff? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, The Uninvited does have great, great, uh, scenes with the seance alan napier from the batman show was on it as well um so yeah that's one is, if anybody's interested in more of a historical standpoint on this topic i would start with that one all right i think we should uh that we covered i don't think there's any more to say but just paranormal activity so someone's like that's a that's a paranormal activity yeah. Uh, one that uh, it's it not really a haunted house movie, but I think uh, for us growing up is the Nightmare on Elm Street because it's weird because that house becomes like the haunted house and associated with Freddy. Um, so maybe not so much in the, uh, the other sequels, but definitely uh, like from Nightmare 3 to um, maybe Nightmare 5. Um, I think that one kind of resonated a little bit more because it was more of a shit happened in this house, which we got to see in part one and two. Um but there's, it's true. There's always that house in your neighborhood that whether something happened or not was always like the, 
you know, like the haunted house, which for me was uh, this like haunted mansion on the corner that uh, the guy that owns the funeral home um, eventually rebought and fixed up. But um, I mean, there's just the, always that creepy house uh, that kind of like when we were coming back to your place and um, the lights and shit are turning off and on at the uh, house for sale. Yeah. Um, Don't forget I, scary movie too. No. <laughs> um, no. In closing for me, my last recommendation, it's a little obscure. It's from the early nineties. It's uh, with Kate Beckinsale and Aiden Quinn. And it's just called haunted. And it is really, really good. It never caught on. It's one that my dad discovered on pay TV at some point and taped. I mean, I, and so we watched it numerous times because of that. And it's really, really good. Uh, is that the one where the werewolves is fighting the vampires? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All Which right. We're going to cover. <laughs> All right. So I think that we have dug up as many haunted house movies as we can. We may have left some out. But, uh, yeah, right in. Tell us what some of your favorite haunted house movies are. Ones we mentioned, one we forgot. And uh, be glad to hear from you. So, wrapping up another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner. And I've been hanging out with... Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Benny. Hot toddy. Stay scary. <laughs>